0: Give us a blast in the mic.
1: One, two, one, two, one, two. This is Nick P coming at you live from the top of the tower, amazing size. Is that how you're
0: going to talk? Are you going to talk like that? No. Right then, talk to me how you're going to (laughs) talk.
1: I'm just going to talk like this.
0: Right, so I'll turn you up. Sorry. Sorry, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) You ready? I'm ready. This, this,
1: this is fight disciples.
0: We are gathered here today for
1: the fight disciples. UFC and boxing talk.
0: How are you doing? Welcome to today's show. As well as talking about fighting, Nick gives his views on what constitutes a
1: Christmas film. Films about Christmas. Films set, set around Christmas, Christmas and films then films associated Christmas. with Christmas. <laughs> it's not associated Christmas, that's just at your house.
0: <laughs> he also has his say on Billy Joe Somers at the weekend.
1: And we said it on last week's show, it's all good and well calling for these fights, but you've got to let your fist do the talking at the end of the day. You've got to, you've got to walk the walk and talk the talk, and I'm sorry he just didn't walk the walk at all. He looked absolutely shocking.
0: And... I decide to make up vicious rumours about fighters leaving their promoters. Basically, after all that Kell Brook
1: stuff leaving matchroom. Just because you've started, like, it's, it, it's a bizarre one. But you know. I'm
0: going to start one. I'm going to start one. Wait, Ant- start. Anthony Joshua? <laughs> 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 yeah, like that's going to catch on. <laughs>
1: this is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Welcome
0: to episode 57 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Absolute pleasure once again to be in your company um, if you don't subscribe to this and you just stumbled across it on a one-off check us out man we're on all formats iTunes in particular go and have a little bit of a nosy search us out Fight Disciples hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss out on any of our free content that we upload on a weekly basis three podcasts guaranteed every single week this week oh there's more than three Nicky boy it's a busy week son There's that many, there's that much fighting going on this week we might be here until Friday recording all the shows
1: <laughs> Fight Week it's crazy Crazy this, yeah.
0: fight week. Obviously, we're excited about what's happening in the world of boxing. We have Anthony Joshua in Manchester and all the undercard, which we're going to be talking about on Friday's show. Um, and then we've got all the UFC stuff from Toronto, yep. which we're going to be speaking two about cards? On Thursday's well, there's show. There's two
1: cards coming up this weekend, Friday and Saturday, dirty. and just in the UFC.
0: Dirty, absolute dirty. But today is all about our uh, our review, I suppose, of the weekend previous and our chat about all things boxing news. Um, before I get stuck into that, I've got a question for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's Christmas, we've got young kids. Um, my little lad's off at the moment, he's 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 a bit poorly. So as a little bit of a treat, it's Christmas films at our gaff, yeah? Nice. So I've been downloading various Christmas films, he's been doing all the usual stuff like getting him stuck into Elf, educating him on Home Alone and then all the cartoony ones. Yeah. Um, but I downloaded Die Hard right, today and the missus had a go at me and I said, it's a Christmas film. Of course it is. Is it a Christmas film, though? Because it's this is Christmas where...
1: As it gets. Die Hard, die, well, Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 2. Well,
0: all right then, let's go for this. Yeah, because this is where me and her started scrapping. I said that it's a Christmas film. She says that it's a film set at Christmas and there's a difference. <laughs> That's what? what? I know, mate. This is, this is women's logic. She said it's too violent, he shouldn't be watching this, which, okay, they've got a point maybe at three years of age.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. But
0: is it a Christmas film or is it a film set at Christmas?
1: I'm adamant that... Both Die Hard 1 and 2 are Christmas films. Likewise, Gremlins is a Christmas film. Good effort, yeah. Mm. You know, not just... Okay, you've got Bad Santa, you got Elf, you've got Fred Claus, you've got all these belters. You've been doing something similar to me, mate. I'm just obsessed <laughs> with uh, Christmas. <laughs> so we haven't had a Christmas, anything but a Christmas movie or a Christmas song in our house since December the 1st. No, you got to knock one out. That's here. just gotta, the way I roll. That's it, man. What have you watched so far? Um, A bit of everything, actually. Do you know what I've started watching more than anything? Them really dodgy channels at the top of your Sky Planner where it's like, you know, uh, movies, Christmas Eve. And for some reason, the all-star, that guy that played Superman in the TV series, whatever his name was. I remember the TV show Superman from, like, the noughties. Yeah. He seems to be in them all. He's in all these Christmas films. They're all uh, proper low-budget things, but uh, they're usually in... What, like from back in the day? Of... No, no, like... I'm talking like made in the last 10 years, but they're always like, you know, Santa's little helper comes to town and all this kind of business. <laughs> Why are you watching that shy? Because it's just, just like proper sea some... level you're, Christmas you know, movies. Like last week when
0: you were talking about Giacomo and shit, you are watching the Giacomo of Christmas film. That's what you're doing.
1: <laughs> what? I never have seen all the others inside out. Plus, I don't want to blow them. I'm trying to save the big ones until the actual final yeah, fortnight. Yeah, yeah. But I have watched Scrooge. Do you watch Scrooge? The other night, I don't know. So. What
0: are the big ones? What, what are the big ones that peak during
1: Christmas week? Uh, Elf shout goes without saying. See, I'm a I'm a massive Fred Claus fan. I've got to be honest. I think it's outstanding. Vince Vaughn. It's a con, yeah. It's a controversial one because it's Vince Vaughn playing Vince Vaughn yeah. like every Vince Vaughn movie in a red suit. Yeah, but it's uh, I like I like it. I'm a fan of Fred Claus. Obviously, Home Alone Standard. staple Christmas
0: yeah. movie. So Elf and Home Alone, yeah. Yeah,
1: but. Weirdly, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to catching the Goonies, the Babies too. Now I want to show them Goonies. Now, th- Is the there's, Goonies there's a one Christmas for film? you. No, there's one for you. That's not a Christmas so, film. It's not even set at Christmas, but it's a film I would associate with Christmas. Why? Because it's just always on a Christmas, isn't it? <laughs>
0: That's ridiculous. <It's, laughs> there's a whole. Me, there's Goonies a, can be on there's a third
1: level now. There's a third level to a Christmas film. There's a cri- films about Christmas. Films set, set around Christmas, Christmas and, and films then films associated Christmas. with Christmas. <laughs> it's not associated Christmas. That's just at your house. <laughs> Anyone that's got Sky knows Goonies is on at Christmas time. man. It's a staple, isn't it? Anybody that's
0: got Sky knows that Goonies is on all year round.
1: <laughs> no, that's uh, what's the one that's on Channel Five, like every week or whatever it is. There's, uh, always, born, a bor- born, born there's always a Born Born Movies. Maybe I will just change that channel to be called Born Born <laughs> Movies. <laughs>
0: If uh, you want to get involved with this ridiculous social media debate, then just tweet us, yeah? Just ping us a tweet, at Fight Disciples. The question is, dead simple, is Die Hard a Christmas film? Or is it a film set at Christmas? I just want to settle an argument with my message, yeah? So if you could get involved with same it. Same thing. Same is, thing. Is
1: it, is it the same thing? I think so. A Christmas film's got so.
0: Father Christmas in it and all that, hasn't it?
1: Father Christmas is in Die Hard. Yeah. Well, but- he, d- he dresses the, the murdered... Guy exactly christmas so that's not christmas a mate. That's, not, that's not nativity <laughs> shit, a lift, to some tnt <laughs> but he's still dressed as father christmas
0: if you could answer the question that'd be wonderful <laughs> uh, fight disciples <laughs> do get involved just so that i can settle an argument with my missus
1: shall we talk some boxing let's
0: do it um do you know something at the weekend yes he did stink the gaff out and that is the title of today's show honesty is the best policy because i thought at the end it was important that he got on the mic and he addressed it straight away, Billy Joe Saunders, and fair play to him, man, he did in a big, big way.
1: Yeah, he did, and he, and let's face it, he had to. You know, we sat there, we yeah. were messaging each other, weren't we during that fight, and it was a tough one. It was a tough sit-through, and it was probably the worst possible outcome, other than losing the belt, obviously. It was the worst possible scenario for Billy Joe after being out for so long, after the fight last week, you know, getting cancelled the week before and pushed back a week the expectation levels just just went through the roof with it, you know. And he spent a whole year calling for bigger fights. And we said it on last week's show. It's all good and well calling for these fights, but you've got to let your fist do the talking. At the end of the day, you've got to you've got to walk the walk and talk the talk. And I'm sorry, he just didn't walk the walk at all. He looked absolutely shocking. Mm. Um,
0: is, there a, is there an argument for inactivity? A lot of people of are saying that. A lot of people are saying that, though. But I always yeah. when I when I think inactivity, I always think Floyd Mayweather coming back against Marquez. He didn't look like he'd been inactive for eighteen months, did he?
1: No, exactly. But it does affect different fighters in different ways. Plus, yeah. there's the whole situation where with Jimmy Tibbs and everything else. Oh, mate, what's going on? The makeshift on? corner team that he had. You know, it was all. Who was that kid in the corner? I don't Who know. was it?
0: That kid from Towie.
1: Yeah the, kid, yeah, the kid off You're tally. doing all right,
0: mate. You're doing all right. Just touch him, <laughs> touch him here. Touch him here. Touch him here and get out, son. All right? I know. All He's right? obviously
1: He's obviously someone that Billy Joe works with. He's his
0: mate. Yeah, his I guess mate. so. It's like, over like, with. And... That's like Bellew asking you to do your, do his corner.
1: It really is, yeah. I and that's be not offence. You know your stuff. I'd like to think I would be a little bit more knowledgeable than that Towie fellow at the weekend. The frustrating thing was, they had Danny, Danny Vaughan in the corner as well, and Danny Vaughan Knows his business, and I could just look. I was looking at Danny Vaughan and watching him biting his tongue throughout the entire twelve rounds. Because at the end of the day, it was what it was. I don't want to. I don't want to vilify Billy Joe anymore. I think he's had enough people point fingers at him. He know. The great thing was, he he knew. He come on the mic and he made it clear. This is not good enough. And he was right, it really isn't good enough. It was nowhere near good enough. You could argue he was lucky to lucky to keep hold of his title that night. And half decent opponents would have took that title away from Billy Joey. Mm. He really did stink the yard out, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, he's still he's still champion of the world. He's still got the belt. All he can do now is put that one behind him. But I'll tell you what. We need to get him. He needs to get out quick, doesn't he? You know, we've got yeah. to see. He's got to get back out. January, by, February, mate. You're exactly. talking fast, aren't you? Straight away, I wouldn't even leave the gym if I was him. I'd be straight back to London, straight round to Jimmy Tibbs' house with uh, with me cap in hand. I, I don't know what the situation is there, but that needs to get itself sorted out. Either they continue working together, or Billy needs to go and find himself. You know, someone with a lot more experience to be in. Not someone program.
0: from the sugar hut. You know what I mean? Yeah, someone exactly. that he's met two for one cocktails at the sugar hut. You know, mate, yeah, mate. Do you
1: want to do me training? Come on, Sam. It's a, It was a strange one, a strange situation, and uh, he was just. He was. He, he said it himself. He was flat. He was flat from the beginning. Mm. He wasn't sharp. His footwork was lazy. He looked lazy. Didn't look in very good shape. He was blown out of his arse after about six rounds. It just wasn't the Billy Joe Saunders that we've been treated to previously. It wasn't the guy that won the world title.
0: Is it a motivational thing? Because I've I've read this week that Frank Warren's offered uh, Chris Eubank Jr. seven figures to fight him in 2017. That's a lot of money. A huge amount of money. Obviously, the WBO middleweight championship will be on the line for that. But that you would imagine that that is a fight that Billy Joe Saunders can get himself up for.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. But it just shows you what a disastrous 2016 it's been for him. Yeah. In that, you know, he's 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 now going backwards to move forwards. You know, we touched up We did mention it last week that we we both thought that Eubank, even though he lost to Billy Joe, has overtaken Billy Joe this year. He's he's the bigger name now, just because he's been more active and he's certainly been more entertaining.
0: Just because he's been punching flip flops on a yacht in the bloody Bahamas exactly. or wherever he's been.
1: So that <laughs> have that, you seen that vid? I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> seen it. <laughs> but it, but even that has got people more entertained than Billy Joe's performance on Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. You're only as good as your last performance. Billy Joe needs to get out and get out quick. And then if they're going to do the... See, I, I understand why Warren's linking him with Eubank because, as I say, Eubank's capitalised on... He's moved forward since he lost to Billy Joe. Billy Joe, judging by that performance on Saturday and the whole debacle that's gone on behind the scenes has certainly moved backwards. Mm. So now I think right now, Billy Joe probably needs Eubank Jr. more than Eubank Jr. needs Billy Joe. Hence the reason why Eubank Jr. has been offered, from what I can see, the Premier Pierce there. For oh. a, it's a challenge for a world title. Mm. Billy Joe won't be getting seven figures. Mm. That just shows you where Eubank is in the grand scheme of things or what a good year he's had compared to Billy Joe. It's just frustrating because we know what Billy Joe's capable of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The, the card in general frustrated me a little bit. I'll be honest with you, mate. We've got boys on there that we, we know uh, and love. You've obviously followed Paul Butler's career for uh, for some time. I thought yeah. he was good. Yeah. I, I don't think the, the fight really caught fire and set us all on fire. Same with Jack Catterall. You know how much of a fan I am of him, mainly because we share the same surname. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, that didn't really catch fire. A win's a win at the end of the day. Routine victories for both those boys. One thing that I am impressed with, with Paul in particular is that when that microphone was stuck in his face at the end of the fight, we've spoke about it many, many times. Don't waste that opportunity. Say someone's name. First one, Jamie McDonnell. I want it. Let's do it. Of course. Good lad.
1: And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Take those opportunities when you've got a mic in your face to call somebody out and he did it. So Yeah, it was uh it was a weird card, wasn't it? It became a little bit of a especially with the final fight, it became a bit of a labour mm. on a Saturday night, you know. And I, I think that's that's the worst thing that can happen to a fight card when you're sitting there and you're starting to have a little look on your sky planner or what you're gonna watch next midway through the main card main card. It's 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 never a good sign, is it? But uh, you know, listen Okay, it wasn't the best, wasn't the best card of the year, but uh, the main thing is we've still got a British guy with a world title belt around his waist. We've still got exciting guys that have got big things to come in 2017. I thought Butler, yeah, it didn't set the lights on fire, but then I thought his opponents did a quite quite a good job of negating Paul and not getting involved really in a big fight. So it'll just give Butler, I think, good experience up at bantamweight and hopefully the, you know that opportunity comes for him. I think to be honest, if McDonnell hasn't got something lined up, that, I think that's a great fight.
0: Last week, you may remember this, we were talking about Haskins going out to uh, Japan, yeah? Yeah. I, uh, I just want to be, uh, you might have seen this yourself on our social media, mate. I just want to say a little bit of a, a, a thank you to a geezer called Morden McCall who, who follows us. His Jamie, feet, feet, I think his
1: real name's, he lives in Morden, his real name's James. Look at you, all right, best mates. I was interacting with him a little bit, yeah, because he put us straight, didn't he, on the Japan thing.
0: All right, all right, yeah, that's what Sorry. I was going to say. But basically on last week's show we were talking about Haskins going out to Japan yeah, and we couldn't figure it out as to why um, and we're both familiar obviously with kickboxing and uh, mixed martial arts being huge uh, out in Asia at this time of year, Christmas, New Year, they have big fight cards mm-hmm. um, but neither of us really knew much about the boxing scene out there and we were questioning whether he would be getting weighed in financially. And James got in contact with us, and obviously off the back of last week's podcast, thank you very much for this, James, just gives a little bit of information. He used to live out there, didn't he? So he's yeah. telling us how big of a night it is, New Year's Eve, to be fighting out there, which is what Haskins is doing with his IBF crown, um, and um, obviously gives a little bit more information um, on that particular scene. So thank you very much for that, mate. Always good to spread the knowledge, isn't it? We don't know everything. It's always good when people throw a little bit of uh, their two peas into the pot as well.
1: hundred percent, yeah, exactly.
0: So thank you very much for that, James. Much appreciated. So that's why Haskins is going out to, uh, to yep. Japan at Christmas. I'm sure
1: we'll have a chat about that in a couple of weeks as well. Aren't we? We're going to preview that fight on New Year's Eve, I'm sure. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
0: Uh, now, as well as all the action in Scotland at the weekend, which had Billy Joe Saunders and Jack Catterall and Paul Butler involved, um, there was a little bit of uh, a cracker, not on Box Nation, but on Sky Sports, yep. um, over in Moscow. I love it how uh, Buffer says Moscow. It's Moscow, mate. It's Moscow. Moscow. (laughs) I love the guy. Anyway, over in Moscow, um, cruiserweights were going toe-to-toe. Well, we thought they were going to go toe-to-toe. The veteran in Lebedev taking on the young pup that is Gassiev. A lot of noise has been made about Gassiev. Uh, His unbeaten record. Could he live up to the hype taking on, uh, uh, I I suppose, a legend um, in, in Lebedev? And boy, he did live up to it, didn't he, mate? I didn't think he started brilliantly but he definitely took control. After after that body shot, which put him on the deck, I thought he took control for me. I, I don't know how you saw it, but that's what I saw.
1: Yeah, I thought Lebedev was uh, was obviously winning the fight prior to the knockdown, but that left up to the body. Oh, That was an absolute belter. Mm. And know, uh, obviously dropped Lebedev hard. And I think he, I'm mean, like you, I thought he struggled to get back into the fight for quite a few rounds. Then he came on strong down the stretch, but he wasn't winning rounds convincingly like uh, like Gassayev was after he had the knockdown so you know I'd have been disappointed if Lebedev had kept all of his belts just gone by Gassayev's performance there but then again I probably wouldn't have argued against it either yeah, uh, because it was uh, it talented was that division close isn't fight. it
0: so, it's a talented division that cruiserweight division
1: listen it's an amazing division and we you know people are wondering why De- Tony Bellew is moving up to heavyweight to fight David Hay. Uh, on a pay-per-view on Sky. Because, listen, the likes of Lebedev and Gassiev, they're not Sky pay-per-view fighters. No. They're not big checks. Or What they are is, or Usyk or any of the cruiserweights, mm. but what they are is outstanding. It's really a really tough, tough division full of big punchers and guys with real granite chins as well. Mm. So I'm uh, I'm not surprised at all. I'll you, uh, enjoying a foray up at heavyweight because, listen, these guys are... Uh, these guys in the pack, in amongst them, are all killers, man.
0: Uh, well done uh, to Gassiev, the new IBF. Cruiserweight champion of the world split decision victory um, over Lebedev in uh, Moscow. I'm going to keep saying that forever because obviously me and Buffer have met. We met each other, you know what I mean? We're tight.
1: Buddies, aren't you?
0: Yeah, really tight. Um, on the undercard, did you see the core, um, the core support on that? The men, uh, the core main, should I say, um, on that particular card for uh, the super, uh, super lightweight uh, title?
1: The IBF belt.
0: Yeah, Eduard uh, Trojanovsky, Everybody knows about him. He unified the division. I think he was the IBO and IBF champion, wasn't he? Yeah. He was taking on Julius Idongo, uh, and I was expecting a nice little tippy-tappy fight, maybe for five or six rounds before Trojanovsky did the business. Woof! Forty seconds in, mate, he's on I his know. back. What a shot!
1: I didn't, uh, I didn't see that coming at all. And to be, and to be honest, <laughs> neither did any of the crowd either. The place just got absolutely silenced, you know, that's what happens when a Russian gets put to sleep, but uh, where did that shot come from? Great shot. You know, that was like a lottery winning punch from Ndongo, absolutely incredible punch, but, uh, you know, he hasn't even got like a, a killer knockout rate, you know, record either, I know he's, I know he's an unbeaten fighter, and, uh, you know, you, you don't mess about with these Namibian guys, you know, they're always usually fit, pretty fit and, and really strong chins, but... My God, he just caught him absolutely right on the button, didn't he? And just switched his lights out. Um, I don't, Did you catch Kubret Pulev at the weekend? He managed to
0: get himself a victory in the, in the heavyweight division. A bit of an unnecessary yeah. victory for me. I'll be honest with you, mate. He's, he's doing me head in his Pulev. Um, and to be fair, I can understand maybe the reason for this because I think everybody knows now, the cat is out of the bag. He was offered the Joshua fight. I think he's been offered the Joshua fight on two or three occasions and he's turned it down. And I think... I think the reason for that is because he wants to get himself into a mandatory position in order to be able to command more money. Now, that, for me, okay, I can understand that because this is a business at the end of the day and you want to you earn a few quid. Yeah. But that, to me, tells me of a man that doesn't really believe he can win the fight.
1: Yeah, quite possibly. They're, they're, that's, like, that's what you'd think when, you, when someone's arguing like that. But then again, you know, for, for all we know, it may not be Pulev's decision. You know, Pulev may have surrounded himself by the management team and that management team may well have advised him that he doesn't need to fight right now. He doesn't need to be a, a voluntary opponent. He can make himself a mandatory and earn a lot more money. So why fight now when you can fight next year and earn more money? Plus there's the, there's the fact that, you know, AJ's still pretty fresh out the box, isn't he? You know, he's still got that youthful enthusiasm and you could argue fighting him right now might not be the best thing because he's just blowing people away. So fight him a bit further down the line when he's a bit more battle-worn, when he's a little a little less uh, inclined to let the leather go and you might have more of a chance. So mm. I don't know, I'm not going to jump on Pulev for, for that decision, as I say. If I was his manager, I may well advise the same thing, especially if I didn't think Pulev had the beating of him. But... Uh, It just felt like a bit of a routine win at the weekend, didn't it? You know, Samuel Peter one time contended himself. Now, I don't know how much, how old is he now? About 65. So it was a a routine, a routine win for, for Pulev out there. But again, it's just a mark and time fight, isn't it? Yeah. You know, to mark-and-time fight.
0: Just on on heavyweights, we're not going to get too into this because we're dead excited about what's going to happen at the weekend uh, in Manchester. There's so much heavyweight action going on uh, in my home city. I'm dead excited about it. But I'm hearing, we can say this bit because it's kind of connected to uh, future fights.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm hearing that at the end of uh, the Joshua Molina fight, providing obviously Joshua does the business, which we're all anticipating that he does do, um, they will be announcing uh, AJ Klitschko, Wembley Stadium, April 29th. That's what I'm being told. Sweet.
1: Well, I'm just glad it's happening, you know. I just hope it does happen. I'm just glad it's uh, it's moving forward. They've got a date for it, and uh, tickets for that will be like... (whistles) ...rocking horse shit. But that will... I presume they're going to announce it so they can get tickets on sale for Christmas. Make sure everyone gets... uh, They're not daft, are they, are matching boys? They're not daft. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They've done a couple of shows, so they know what they're doing.
0: Uh, Just um, regarding tickets, by the way, if you have entered our competition... Um, we will be making a formal announcement on Friday's show as to who has got that the, the, the pair of tickets that we managed to blag off Matchroom for Anthony Joshua, Eric Marolina at the weekend. If you did enter it, thank you so much. Do keep an eye out, by the way, on our social media preferably the facebook that's where i put all the stuff regarding competitions go to our facebook page at fight disciples there'll be information on there all the time and it will give you a nice little link to go to our website to enter for various competitions there'll be one in the new year for example uh, for the Hair bell you fight i've managed to black ba- uh, match room for a pair of tickets We might have more but we've definitely got one pair of tickets that we're going to be giving away in the build-up to uh, uh, towards march which we're all dead excited about
1: you're listening to the fight disciples podcast
0: uh, now then, away from fights that happened at the weekend, there is a little bit of boxing news. I know that the majority of us are talking about AJ this weekend. That's Friday's show. Let's talk about some other stuff that's happened. At the back end of last week, uh, we did speak about Conor McGregor getting his boxing licence in California. For me, I don't think we should be looking too, too deep into this because anybody could go and get a boxing licence in California. I think it's $60. Yep. You'd have a medical $60. and fill in a form or something, don't you? You know. Yep. However... He loves a bit of a story. He loves a bit of noise. So fair play to Conor, um, for, to Conor McGregor for doing this. He's been mentioning Floyd Mayweather. Now, in our show tomorrow, our UFC show, we'll be talking about this in greater detail. But I just want to talk about the more boxing angle where people have started calling him out. For example, Paulie Malanagy, he thinks to himself, well, hang on a minute, you're not stepping in with the pound-for-pound pound best of all time uh, straight away, <laughs> mate. You've, you've got to have a warm-up fight. He's obviously seen the dollar signs. He's seen the ching-ching, isn't he? And he's uh, decided to get on the bandwagon. What do you make of that?
1: Um, well, it doesn't surprise me from Pauline Malin. He never misses the <laughs> trick, does he? Let's be honest with you. He never misses a trick as a potential, uh, a potential big fight or even just generating some headlines, to be honest with you. But listen, we know what the situation is with this Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather thing. You know, it's absolutely there's just no there's there's no way this fight's going to come off anyway. There's no way in the world Conor McGregor fights boxes anybody except Floyd Mayweather. So if it does come if if Floyd if Conor McGregor boxes it will be against Floyd Mayweather. Do I think it'll happen? Absolutely not. Do I think he'll fight anybody else? Absolutely not. Why? Because he he Floyd he would definitely not beat Malinadji. He definitely wouldn't beat any decent welterweight out there. Conor McGregor is not a professional boxer. He's a mixed martial artist. He would lose fighting for the you know, domestic Irish welterweight title. Um, I, I don't think he wins that fight. Never mind beating the greatest boxer of this generation. Again, I don't I don't mind Malinagi jumping on. He's not the only one. There's been a ton of boxers. Can't see who've this. Can't see this. Come out been... and said, We'll fight yeah. you, you know. At the end of the day, people are just seeing dollar signs, just like Conor McGregor's team are seeing dollar signs associated with Floyd Mayweather. I, the more the, the more it goes on, the less likely I think we're mm. gonna see we're gonna see him fight boxing, compete in a boxing ring, full stop. But make no mistake, if he does. It will only be against Mayweather. There won't be a tune-up. There won't be a warm-up. There won't be any other fight because chances are Conor loses. It'll be Mayweather and it'll be the biggest fight in history, the first billion-dollar fight in the history of sports. I'm convinced that would happen if 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 Floyd chooses to do so.
0: Hmm. It's all on Floyd, isn't it? Um, if you want to entertain yourself for a couple of minutes, by the way, go online and just have a little bit of a Google search of uh, Conor McGregor in Belfast last, I think it was Friday or Thursday night where he's with uh, the Conlon boys. Um, I think they are doing like a charity benefit and there's a question uh, and answer uh, session where he's, <laughs> where he's on stage taking like question and answer from a, a PA, a, a presenter that's asking him questions. The, the crowd's all there. Everybody's loving him. Fair play to him and he's playing to the crowd and they bring up that particular uh, question about Paulie Malinagy thinking that uh, he'll give him a good idea. And what does Connor respond? Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't it? He used box office just to watch him speak at times.
1: He's uh he's rapidly becoming uh you know, just a complete and utter soundbite as me, let's be honest. <laughs> you can't say anything now without being made into a it made into a car bumper sticker or a mug or a t shirt.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get my have you seen the Christmas jumper that's out?
1: I've seen the Christmas jump here, There's a yeah, Conor McGregor yeah. Christmas jumper out <laughs> where
0: <laughs> we're on the front of it, for those that aren't UFC fans, we'll probably digress in a little bit, but on our UFC show, we've talked about uh, McGregor, especially at uh, two or five in New York quite a lot. And at the end of the fight where he, he gets on the mic, And he is, uh, he makes this, he's quite a a sincere, I just want to make an apology and all this type of stuff to absolutely nobody. (laughs) This is what he says in the actual gone. but they've made a Christmas jumper out of it. And he goes, I want to wish everybody, uh, sorry, I want to wish Merry Christmas to absolutely fucking nobody. (laughs) You can imagine him doing it really, can't you?
1: Yeah, completely, yeah. What a geezer, what
0: a geezer. Listen, on more serious notes, there's other stuff that's been going on in the world of boxing. I don't know if you've seen the George Groves stuff uh, regarding Edward Gutnick. He's still in a coma, sadly, at this moment in time. Uh, And Groves has been, I think, brilliantly dignified since that fight. Um, He's not obviously talked about his brilliant performance, which uh, he did put on against Edward Gutnick. He's been sincerely concerned about this man's health, uh, so much so that he's started his own, Funding page, like a just giving page where he's raising funds uh, for Goodneck and obviously his uh, his young family, which I think is a testament to the man and it it, it puts a, a warm feeling in my heart towards this sport that I love that sometimes it gets a bad rap everybody's slagging it off me and you were on uh, the radio last week mate on on national radio talking about uh, fight sports in general and trying to justify him to people that aren 't big fans of it. When you see this, this is what it is about this respect for to warriors. Uh, between two guys and I just think top man George Groves
1: yeah I think he's gone home now as well hasn't he? he's not in the UK anymore yeah I think he's been sent home to continue his recovery but he is still in a coma unfortunately so uh you know the, I think every fighter who steps into the ring knows there's risks unfortunately like in any sport um you know do it thankfully in boxing even though we do get and in MMA even though both sports do get a bad rap you know they there's nowhere near the number of fatalities you have in sports like marathon running or horse jumping, you know, cross cross country jumping, horse riding, and stuff like that. Those sports are a little you know, I've got far more fatalities than than what we see in fight sports. Yet people don't call for sports like that to be banned. So I always find that quite unusual. But listen, as long as the guy makes a makes a recovery and is able to, you know, uh, cuddle his kids, that's all we care about. And good on George Groves, man. As you say, testament to the man.
0: Absolutely. Finally. Um, weird one. This I find this really weird mainly because this guy was probably making a lot of money in Leeds for matchroom boxing. I don't know yeah. what's gone on. No, um, Josh Warrington splitting from matchroom.
1: Strange. I've seen the statements, uh, I haven't seen the statement from Josh. I've seen the statement from matchroom, which mm. basically said, you know, wished them well and said that they'd spoke to his management about extending the contract and they had different ideas on the direction which is interesting because Josh Warrington, for me, seems to only be going one way, and that's hurtling towards a world title shot. So I don't understand Mm. how opinions can differ so much unless they fancy one title belt and and, and match in favour another. I don't know. It it all sounds a bit weird, but maybe, you know, at the end of the day, we we, we spoke about it when it was announced. You know, it's great that Frank and his team have have done a deal which is going to see... Boxing on BT Sport, we're all for it. We support it 100%. If it means more guys are going to change ship because they can get a better contract here or there, then that's only good for the sport. And I include Matchroom in that as well. It's, it's, it's what what Eddie and what Matchroom have done for British boxing over the last five years is mm. is, is outstanding. But you know, there really is only only one real one real party to go to and that's tougher if you're a professional boxer trying to make your way in the world so it's good that there's other options out there I think it's great that Frank is now able to you know compete with Eddie in terms of the contracts he can offer and things like that and you know potentially Josh could be the first of many not just to go one way but could go the other I think it's it's good for the sport man isn't it? We, like, we like to see the, the boxers retain control they're the guys who are in there putting their lives on the line Boxers should get what they're worth, as Conor McGregor famously likes to say. Know what you're worth. And if, if Josh Warrington thinks he's worth more elsewhere, then then good on him.
0: Off the back of that, there were rumours knocking about that Kel Brook's also going to be splitting from matchroom.
1: I've seen that, yeah, and I've seen Kel had come out and, and, and denied the rumours. No, why would they? Yeah, he's,
0: just, he's, just, he's just had Triple G. Exactly. Why, why, why would he? Why would he clear off?
1: it's a strange one but what's even stranger is the people that start these rumours you know <laughs> why the fuck would you start a rumour like that what do you get out of it you know sitting back and, and buzzing off the fact that everyone's on social media talking about Kel Brook leaving match room? just because you've started like it's, it, it's a bizarre one but you know
0: I'm going to start one I'm going to start one Wait, Ant- start? Anthony Joshua <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that's going to catch on <laughs> right I'll put a little blip um <clears throat> Anything that you want to jump on to the show? or are you are cool?
1: I don't think so. I'm just trying to, <clears throat> trying to Nothing think else else I'd see all right. news-wise. It's all, it's all, all the news is about this weekend's event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool.
0: <clears throat> uh, thank you once again for listening to uh, the Fight Disciples podcast. If you follow us on social media, superb. If you don't, come and join the party. At Fight Disciples, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on there daily. Please come and join us and have a bit of a laugh with us. Uh, and hit subscribe on iTunes. And you'll never miss out on any of our uh, daily content. And this week we do have some extra stuff for you. We we normally do three shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but we've got because there's a lot of action going on very close to our homes. Um, we've caught up with a couple of guys and we've stuck up some extra interviews. I mean, the uh, light heavyweight British champion uh, Jose Burton uh, popped in for a little bit of a chat ahead of his fight against uh, Frank Bullionis. so you can catch up with him. He's a top boy, really shy lad. But such a top lad. When you get him one-to-one, really good speaker. We've spoken to Scott Quigg in the past. We're going to have to speak to him again because we haven't caught up since the Frampton escapade and he's back in action at a different weight class this weekend on the AJ undercard. So we've caught up with him. There's something there for you to listen to. And of course, on Friday, if you're into your boxing... Um, me and Nick will sit through and uh, make some ridiculous predictions uh, for the uh, AJ undercard, which Nick gets ninety percent of them right, and I get ten percent of, of them that. right. So therefore, speak between us, your, get... speak for
1: yourself. Yeah, we're doing all right though at the moment. You we're are doing all right. You yeah, nail yeah. about
0: ninety percent. I nail ten percent. So between us, we, we, we nail it. We get there thereabouts. All right. Uh, so hit the subscribe button on iTunes, and you'll never miss out on any of our stuff. We'll catch you next
1: time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.